Growth Igniters Radio, Episode 12. What you need to know about building a powerful company brand. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. Hi, I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right across from me is Scott Harper, my business partner and husband. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. How are you today? I am wonderful. Terrific. Well, it's great to be here. And just in case this is your first time listening, we want to let you know that purpose of Growth Igniters Radio is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for leaders to take themselves and their companies to the next level of success. So Pam, what's up for today? How to build a powerful company brand. You know, it seems that these days, almost every executive we speak with has the ambition of creating a very strong company brand. Right. you say? Yep. And Yet, when we think about a powerful company brand, let's let's say, what comes to mind? Well, I'm staring at my Macintosh, so Apple. Yeah, Apple and then I Googled this morning, so right, Google too. Right, right. And uh, these brands and many others that come to our minds immediately do not happen overnight. That's true. And it takes a lot to build a powerful company brand. And that is why we're fortunate to have Terry Goldstein here with us today to talk about just that. Terry is Chief Creative Officer for the Goldstein Group and is a marketing strategist with over two decades of success in restaging some of America's most beloved brands, such as Heinz, Foster Grant, Mm -hmm. my own personal favorite, Pam, and (laughs) many other cherished brands, which are on her bio. She contributes regularly to such uh, publications as Brand Week and Graphic Design USA. Terry views brands as living, breathing entities, and we're going to speak with her today about how to extend that thinking to whole companies as well as to accelerate growth and success. That's great. Terry, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. Well, we're excited to have you. So, before we go any further, I, I want to ask you, I love to ask people about their uh, nicknames, and you have a very interesting one. It's called the Five Second Specialist. How did you get this? Well, I'm very often known for the importance of making a great first impression, whether that's a brand on shelf or when somebody calls a company and hears the person on the phone. So those first five seconds are crucial to making the right impression so your company can be either hired or your brand can be bought. Hence the five second specialist. Okay, so we talked about brands and companies. Uh, what's, what are the similarities between product branding and company branding? And what are the differences? Well, a brand is really the embodiment of a company. So a brand comes out of a company and a successful brand embodies what the company is all about. How they see themselves, view themselves, how they interact within a company and out, no different than a brand's representation. So when we're looking at 
a company starting to build their brand or becoming more powerful. Uh, I know that you say that being aware of the competitive environment that they're in is so important. Can you explain a little more about that? Absolutely. When working on a brand or working within your own company, it's always important to be able to take a hard look at yourself. We've developed a system in which to do that because we know the hardest thing to do is to truly take the blinders off. And a great way to do this is to create a matrix. And in the matrix for a company, I suggest seven areas. One is to look at yourself and your competitive environment and list who the clients are. Next to that, list your services, your longevity, how long you've been in business and how long your competitors have been in business. What are your ratings on Google and theirs? What is your social media platforms and theirs? And what is your PR level? What is your thought leadership and what are theirs? By putting this all down in a matrix, it starts to identify where the white space is for you to improve and what the opportunities are while also creating that competitive landscape that lets you really truly see how you can perform better. That makes sense. It takes a lot of awareness to do some of those things that you're talking about. What about companies that don't have that uh, ability? What can they do to get that information? Well, what they can do is they can certainly interface with their clients and get a report card from them in terms of why they selected them, what they like, what they wish could improve, and perhaps ask them who is their competition and why they chose them in the first place. But it's always important to truly understand your competitive environment. If you don't understand that and identify who your competitors are and take a good look at them, you don't know for yourself what services to leave behind, what areas to improve, what to reinvent, so your company can be the best it can be in the perception value of the clients that it needs to attract and retain. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense, Terry. Could you give us an example? I know you've worked on brand identity, bringing some uh, once very revered brands that sort of slumped back to life. How about an example of, of a c- company reinvention that you've helped with? Certainly. When reinventing a company, just as I did for Foster Grant, which right. is a line of sunglasses, okay? It was very important to first understand the culture of the company. For instance, that company had very much of a sales mentality where they felt whatever we're going to give to trade is just going to sell. So they were always coming to the marketing department reacting, trade wants this, trade wants that, trade wants Mm -hmm. this. Never allowing the marketing department to do the proper analysis the proper marketing to really understand and take the discipline to what was right for the client. Going in, it's important to understand the culture and then build the reason to believe, to do things differently, to work more as teams, to team build and give set goals and set timelines in which to go to market. That in itself 
was a huge transformation for the company, allowing a brand to be built instead of a brand to react. Well, that that's quite a story, and I want to hear more about it, but we need to take a quick break right now, and when we come back, we'll be talking more with Terry Goldstein about the role of people and culture in building a powerful brand for your company. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful companies to accelerate to their next level of innovation and growth. If you like what you're hearing, spread the good word. Go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 12, and use the share links for LinkedIn and Twitter at the top right of the page to tell your social media communities all about us using hashtag GrowthIgniters. And do us a favor. If you rate us and review us on iTunes, we can extend our reach to all the people who can benefit from this series. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. We're talking with Terry Goldstein, marketing strategist, chief creative officer for the Goldstein Group about how to build a powerful brand for your company as a whole and how that can be a powerful catalyst for success. Terry, tell us how we can find you. Thank you very much. You can find me at tggsmart.com. Dot com. That's T is in Terry, G is in Goldstein, G is in Goldstein, smart, S-M-A-R-T dot com. Okay. Uh, now, we were getting into a great conversation in our first segment, and you were telling us about the importance of culture in determining how to build that brand, and you had a great story. Let's talk a little bit more about the role of the leader in all of this. And I know that you've, you have some very strong views about that. So let's continue. What do you see? I mean, you lead your own highly successful company, which is a brand in its own right. How do you see the role of the leader in building that brand? Thank you, Pam. That's a great question. I feel that a leader should hire the right employees that can fill in his or her weak and blind spots, not mirror them. So it's very important as a leader to understand your strengths and your weaknesses and to find people that can fill those in to make a complete robust team. Mm -hmm. I know that successful companies are all about the people behind them. So if you believe yourself to be a 10, hire 12s. Hire people that can do things that are better than you and take your ego right out of that picture. Now that's that's easier said than done. I mean, <laughs> how do you do that? How do you do that, I should say? Well, I know that my company thrives on the strength of us together. And I'm the first to say I'm not the right person to answer that, but I have the perfect expert on my team that can. Because again, it's my role as a business leader and owner to fulfill the needs and wants and aspirations of my team. And one person cannot be all things to all people. 
Definitely. Okay. So you have a story about an embodiment of that, perhaps your own personal story. Yes, I actually do. That when I was very young, I was diagnosed with dyslexia, and I always knew it was my gift. And no, I never read backwards or saw letter forms floating around. I'm an avid reader. But like so many famous people before me, Albert Einstein, John Lennon, Steve Jobs, I see everything in a highly visual realm. I sense my world with what I call my associative emotional radar. And as a result, I have truly honed the ability to see things that others fail to see. Now, as a result, I know it's very important, and I learned very early on in the ad agency world, to surround myself with people that see things differently. They're incredible writers. They're incredible PhD scientists Mm -hmm. because they have strengths that I do not have. And I, again, have the ability to see things that others fail to see. When I was early in my ad strategy campaign of working in an ad agency, I would create ads and I would go to the head of the ad agency. They would say, Terry, this is beautiful. I started out as a designer. But where are the words? I would say, well, you don't need the words to get my main point across. You understand what I'm saying quickly, don't you? And they would say, Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. I do. So that's how I learned the strength of living into your strengths and finding people that can really support your weaknesses to make that complete total picture. Interesting. And, you know, we're very much on board with you on that. Uh, I think that there's real strength when you can diversify, and it requires a leader who's very clear about where their talents are, just like you are, and also being clear about what talent you need in order to make that company grow. And then to have a cohesive message that goes out from the top throughout the organization so that everybody can get on board, each with their own special talents and viewpoints and perspectives so that you have a really active interaction that can build that unified brand that goes out to the world and represents the company. Yes. Do you find, Terry, that uh, when you're working with companies, that they start taking in their messages in new ways, especially as your team works with them to create a different message about a brand? Yes, very much so. We bring into a company the key message point of acceptance. Acceptance and teamwork. Accepting ourselves, accepting our teammates, and accepting our clients and their needs and their differences. And once we learn to embrace acceptance, team building can really start to happen. We usually come in and develop a mantra for that company, a mantra for that brand that starts to set the guiding principle and the platform of all activity from that point forward. Okay, can we just step in for a moment? When you say a mantra, can you give an example of what a mantra is? Certainly. A mantra that I use quite often, that could be a blanket mantra, is that successful companies are always about the people behind them. In this way, Pam, if someone is perhaps not being open-minded or perhaps being negative to their team worker, Mm -hmm. we bring back the mantra and say, this is our mantra. We've all signed off to it. 
literally, we've all agreed to it. The way that you're behaving, I want to know, does that support the mantra in what you agreed to support? So it's always coming back to that foundation, Mm -hmm. that understanding. Again, that unifying idea of, of what we're about and how we do things. And it becomes like shorthand almost, in, in a sense. You know, it's a short message. People can get it quickly. I like that. So yes. <laughs> with that, we're going to take a quick break, another quick break. And when we come back, we'll be talking more with Terry Goldstein about how to build a powerful brand for your company. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. If you subscribe to Growth Igniters Community by clicking the Join Our Community button at growthignitersradio.com, we'll be able to send you weekly updates to help you get more value from each episode. We'll give you easy access to each new episode's play button, show notes, guest bios, other information, and links to resources mentioned in the episode. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, we've been talking with marketing strategist Terry Goldstein, Chief Creative Officer for the Goldstein Group, about how to establish a powerful brand for your company. We've learned about how she came to be known as the five-second specialist. We've learned a lot about culture and the role that culture has in creating that strong company brand and even a quick way to communicate that culture. Now it's time to look at some specifics about how to make it happen for those of you listening in your companies. But before we do, Terry, can you give us that website again so people can find your company? Certainly, I'd love to. It's tggsmart.com. Thanks, Terry. So let's get specific. If we're trying to make our company the number one brand out there, as everybody who's listening is, what are some specific things that we can do immediately after we're done listening today? Great question, Pam. First, create your SWOT analysis of your competitors, their strengths, their weakness, their opportunities, and how you feel they may be threats to your company. Next, develop for your company a saying of, my company does what better than anyone else. It's that what that you have to discover. What is it that your company can offer that other companies cannot? Next, move into what is your unique selling proposition so you know what it is that you offer, your competitive set does not, and how you uniquely deliver that offering or that need. And last, how you can substantiate that, how you can give the client referrals and testimonials for people to speak to your clientele and understand what truly sets you apart and what is your company's reason to believe why they should hire you over your competitors. Okay, Terry, good advice. One of the things that we've noticed 
uh, in various companies is sometimes people, especially at the top of the company, get very attached to the brand as it used to be. You know, this is what our brand is. This is, you know, this is how we do things. And someone who says, well, we should change that gets ignored or shot down or resisted, or it may not be the leaders who have that resistance. It may be other people in the company or even customers out there in the world. Have you ever seen that? And if so, what do you do about it if you're trying to revive somebody's brand? Great question. It's hard to be our own change agents. And because of that, we need to be able to take the blinders off. It can result in hiring an outside consultant to come in and interview all of our people openly and ask them questions about what it is that your employees feel you do well and what it is that you don't do well. And that person can report back into the company leadership without identifying the different employees. That can work very, very well. Mm -hmm. Another method is where the leadership themselves interviews their employees in a very open, candid manner says, I want to get better. I want to know from your perspective, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What could this company be doing differently? What do you wish we were doing differently to make your job easier and so you can perform better? It's called getting in the trenches and it makes getting a in big the trenches. difference. It does. Now, Terry, do you believe that this is best done when you're talking uh, with others or can surveys play a role in this too or not so much? I believe there's nothing better than the human interaction. It's always about what they're not saying that either a consultant or yourself can feel intuitive or see in their eyes. So I feel interpersonal relationships go better with the person person interface. And that's true. There's a lot more interaction. We all tend to live in this world where we're looking for the quick, easy response. And what you're saying is it's not a quick, easy response, but highly worthwhile when you do it the right way. And it takes a real skill to establish the trust if you're having that person-person interaction uh, to make the space, the opening where people feel comfortable in sharing things perhaps that they think you may not want to hear or they may not feel comfortable bringing out. And so trust building is extraordinarily critical in that. It's true. There are a lot of times where there are surprises, I would imagine you've seen. We know we have, but what about you? Oh, yes. I mean, this must be done on two levels. First, always first with your employees, with the people that best support you day to day. Take that information and next, take your top five clients out to dinner one at a time. We're so used to taking our clients to dinner or out for lunch and talking with them about ourselves, about our company and how we can sell it more. No, turn the table. You want to talk about what do they think about you? What do they think about your company? Mm -hmm. Are they happy? Have they been serviced? Are they fulfilled? What could you be doing better? And listen. That is absolutely the truth. You know, there's so much information and people are impressed when the listening goes on. So you're creating a stronger brand just for doing that, aren't you? Very much so. So establishing a brand as, as a listening company, uh, it's one of the principles that uh, when we were in corporate, we termed 
uh, consumer insight or customer insight. And it's part of design thinking. So it is so important to get that and to ask questions in different ways, because each time you ask a question in a different way or lead someone into a different conversation, you get new insights, and then you have to put it all together in your visual person, Terry, that, that puzzle well, that uh, comes together, all the piece, pieces fit. And that's the reason to uh, look at people with the skill of Terry's group. That's true. I, I have also found at companies, at times that we go into them, they don't understand the value at times of making the workplace prep very pleasant. It doesn't take a lot of money. It can be adding some color on the walls, getting some comfortable chairs for the people to sit on, finding out that they're continuously frustrated. There's nothing to eat in the refrigerator. There's no snacks. It can take a budget of $1,000 at a company to make the company feel better for the employees. And that goes a long ways. In, in creating the powerful brand? Creating a powerful brand because the brand is an embodiment of the people behind it. The brand's temperature results in the energy that the people are able to put into the brand. Okay, that makes sense. The brand's momentum results from the energy that people put in. Yes, yes. Well, this has been very illuminating. Terry, can you give us some last thoughts before we go? Certainly, I'd love to. As we know, and this has been a main theme of this discussion, it's very hard to look at ourselves, like it's very hard to write our own resume. But we're certainly good at giving others advice. That's just human nature. Now it's time to sit back and give ourselves advice by getting highly informed by our employees, our clients, and our competitive activity. And doing that company self-assessment can truly help you develop your unique selling proposition and your company's reason to believe. Okay, well, thank you so very much for being our guest on today's Growth Igniters Radio. If you have questions related to today's episode or any episode, Go to open a conversation with us at the bottom of the episode page. And to find out who our guest will be next Wednesday, go to growthignitersradio.com and look in the sidebar for a schedule of upcoming episodes over the next few weeks. Thanks for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, share on social media, and subscribe to the podcast series on iTunes or Stitcher, Go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 12. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss with your team. What's your company's brand in terms of its mythos and its reason to believe? What are you going to do to take it to the next level? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, 
All other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.